sitting there, and and um, and I mentioned this earlier. This is only school this year. I'm I'm not sure. I guess just scheduling or whatever. Only school that contacted us this year to uh, come through, and we do appreciate the ministry of of West Coast and. You know, I, I, I've been known to change my mind every once in a while, guys. So, ushers, I think what we'll do, I, I never have done this for the schools because we usually have so many come through. We just give them a, a, an offering out of the general fund. But I, um, I know it's on the spot and spur of the moment for everyone. But I think at the end of the service, we'll take up an offering for West Coast Baptist College. And we will uh, uh, give them a special offering uh, this year, and so at the very end of the service, you guys are going to have to come and sing again, all right, one more song whenever we finish up the service, and we'll take up a special offering uh, for uh, for the school. I, you, you think about the um, the cost of fuel this year, uh, the the food and the housing, and, and uh, I, I am certain that uh, the uh, school doesn't make money on sending these kids out uh, on these tour groups all summer. It, it is an investment uh, to encourage them to come and obviously to go to, to college there. And uh, even that, uh, I know that the church there uh, gives a, a big offering every year to help that school to keep the cost down uh, to where uh, a kid can go there and actually uh, pay for their schooling along the way without any kind of financial uh, obligations at the end of the graduation time, they'll be able to walk away debt-free. And uh, so I know that it's it's not a not-for-profit uh, type of school. It, that is what it is, and, and the profit is eternal dividends. And so we will do that at the end of the service, guys. We'll take up an offering for the school also and, and uh, pray that it can be a blessing. And, and as I get older, too, and as we watch the, the the world go in the way that it is, we need more schools like West Coast. We, we need, because we're, we're looking at the battle of the mind. That's that's the text. That That's the, the not the text, but that's the focus that we've been looking, on, looking at. Starting the 1st of June, we had uh, what the world was celebrating, Pride Month, and we're just continuing on that thought of, of uh, how there is such a battle for the minds of our people today. And it's not just a battle for the minds of our kids, except that that is a horrible battle that is going on. I, and just reemphasize that, I read an article this morning in the UK that uh, th there is a radical group there that is saying that two-year-olds are now able to decide and start deciding what gender they are and that we need to start teaching that in our nurseries. And, and um, the, the radicalization of our, of our country, of our world, uh, the, the battle for the minds, we need to understand that it is real. And, and there is such a battle that, that is taking place and, and we need to be prepared. And, we, we need to have our minds focused on the right thing. And that's where we started here in Colossians chapter 2. And if you recall, we, we started out in verses 1 through 3. We, we saw the sufficiency of Christ. There, there are so many that, that are looking everywhere for answers. And, and there are those out there that are happy to give you an answer. And, 
It's a worldly answer. It's a carnal answer. It's, a, it's an evil answer. And we need to understand that Jesus is sufficient, that we can preach and teach Jesus, and, and he is sufficient, and he can't answer the, the, those hard questions that are being asked. And, and the Scripture does deal with these issues that, that we are dealing with. There are those that want to try to say that Christianity and the Bible are not relevant today, but God's Word is, is as relevant today as the day that it was written. And it's a living word, and it's important that we apply this and, and live according to the word of God and find God's direction and find God's blessings and, and to know and understand that Jesus Christ is sufficient. And so we never stop preaching Christ. We never stop preaching uh, about the forgiveness of Jesus. We never stop preaching about the holiness of our God. We never stop preaching what the word of God says and tells us how to live in a way that will truly bring joy in our lives. And that's what he, exactly what it is that we want to tell others. And, and then we get into verse 4 now, and, and we see that the, the way that we can help keep our mind on, uh, on the focus that it ought to be is by abiding in the truth. Oh, how we need to abide in the truth of God's Word. The, the truth in knowing and understanding that it's God's word that will give us victory as believers today. And, and look, we, we can bury our head in the sand and, and think that these battles don't affect us, but it is impacting our, our country and it is impacting our own community now and the, the ideas that are being propagated all throughout our country and none of them are biblical. And oh, how careful we need to be and, and be able to filter what we are hearing to the with, with the truth of God's Word and, and allow God's Word to bring out the truth and to know that. And, and it's in this truth that we need to abide in. It's there that we find the peace that He wants us to have. It's there that we find the direction that, that we also search for. It's there that we find the peace that, that this world doesn't have and is scrambling to try to... to uh, uh, displace this, and, and we know that it's only through God's Word that, that we can find that. And so let's, we're just going to start in verse 4, and, and, and I have quite a bit here. We're not going to get through it today, so I'll just quit when I quit. How's that? And uh, we'll, we'll uh, I'll quit. I'll run out of time before I run out of material today. But let's start with verse 4, and Verses 4 and 5, we see Paul's warning, and this is a warning that's still true for us today. And, and it tells us, and this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words, for though I be absent in the flesh, yet am I with you in the Spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. And so here, victory over the uh, deceitful words. It's going to go all the way through verse 15 here. And, and we find that there are a lot of voices out there. And there's a lot of commotion going on in, in, our, in our society today. And Paul warns about this. And, and he's saying these things. What, it, what he said in verses 1, 2, and 3. That uh, uh, here he's talking about the sufficiency of Christ. And how... We need to look to him, and, and he says, I, I'm telling you these things because otherwise there are going to be those that are going to come in with enticing words and, 
and they are going to try to lead you astray. Oh, how careful we need to be, and, and we need to understand that even during this time, they, they were dealing with some Gnostic beliefs, and they were, and I'll deal with that at some other point in time, but they were dealing with those that were that were teaching theology that was not correct, and they were trying to teach what the churches ought to be doing and, and how they ought to be doing this. Never, never do I find in the Bible where where God has told us that we dictate what we do in church by what the world wants. The world has no idea what we are about. The world has no idea what a church is about. The world has no idea about the truth of God's Word, and it's our job to get out and tell them what God's Word has to say. But never are we to allow the world to infiltrate into our service and and tell us as a body of believers what it is that we do and what we don't do. It's not the world's job to do that. It's God's job, and we will take and do what uh, the Word of God says. And, And we need to be careful that there are always those who are trying to beguile us. And and, and that word beguile has the idea to deceive or delude. And so, and how they go about doing that is with enticing words. And when you think about being enticed, that persuasive speech and and, and uh, some have said they, they call it spacious words that are those that sound good, but they're not true. You know, I was reading in my devotions this morning, and I, I find it, I, I, I say this tongue-in-cheek maybe, but I find it amazing how often that as I stay in God's Word each day that He brings things that help with the message every Sunday and every Wednesday, and Psalm 19 and verse 27, here we see a command, Cease, my son, to hear the instruction that causeth to err from the words of knowledge. Oh, they are everywhere, and there are all kinds of things, that, that uh, all kinds of words that are out there that are trying to be persuasive and trying to tell us what we ought to think and what we ought to do as believers. And I, I find it amazing how often in, in social media where, where you find those that do not have anything to do with God but can write, and, and hey, welcome to America. I'm glad that you have the right to do that where they can criticize and tell us what we as a church ought to do. And, 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 but then there are those that want to play the game and they want to act like maybe they are somewhat spiritual and somewhat religious and it's those that come into the church and and it's those that start sitting on your shoulder as a believer and start trying to entice you with some persuasive ideas that oh they may sound pretty good and 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 they may sound very intelligent in times but you find out that has nothing to do with scripture and it's all wrong and how careful we ought to be, and one who is speaking and representing the truth will not depend upon eloquent speech and a clever presentation or probable arguments, but will see and know the truth by the truth. Just speak the truth. You know, Paul even said, and and Paul was a very educated man, and and, and uh, we know that, but he makes this statement to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 2, first five verses, and, and he said, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. 
For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And so here we, we see his warning, and he's telling them, he's saying, look, I'm telling you these things because I don't want you to be enticed by someone with their persuasive speech and try to get you to, to go in a direction that you ought not to go. There, there, there's a movement out there today that, and, and I, I hate to even recognize it because I just don't want you to go looking at it, but it's a, it's a movement called deconstructing your faith. And there are those that are coming out and they're, and they're trying to get you to question everything that you believe. And, and, and look, I, I, hey, I am all for you studying out the Word of God and knowing why you believe what you believe. But don't go questioning the virgin birth of Christ. Don't go questioning the, the validity of God's Word. And don't go questioning those things that, that are ending up going to cause someone to walk away from their faith and apostatize to, and, and see them turn away from everything that's true. Stay away from junk like that. And, and I know good people that have been persuaded by these things and the idea of the, the Calvinism that is out today that is, that, that is continuous. It is, it, it is something that is vile, it's vulgar, it's blasphemous, and it's totally against the very character of who God is. And oh, how we need to stay away from that kind of thing and think men make ourselves to put God in some great box. And, and most of those guys that uh, in both of those, what they'll want you to do is read this fine book or listen to this fine guru over here who speaks everything above your head and, and you can't understand anything. And you think, wow, this guy's very intelligent. We need to listen to him. I believe there were many men throughout history that were very intelligent in, in uh, what they believed in, our, in today and in eternity in hell. And so let us be careful and let us not be letting our mind be warped by the wrong kind of company. And, and here he goes on and, and he says, For though I be absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the spirit. You see, there are those that, that will want to uh, use you. They, they will want you to have, I don't know, a following or numbers or whatever. We, we, battle, we battle things today as pastors and in a church that we never even gave thought to 30 years ago. When I first got in the ministry, there, I, I, I don't, there was no internet. There, there was definitely no church services on the internet. And the only thing I remember is Billy Graham on his crusades and and I was kind of a young punk at the time, and I kind of looked at Billy Graham about putting him on the same level as Lawrence Welk. I just didn't care to listen, you know. And, 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 but that was the only competition you had at the time. And, and, and now we have, we, we have, we've gone past the, the online church services. Now we have all of these podcasts, and, and we have these guys that get on there and, and they want to deconstruct your faith, or they, or, or they're the ones that are these 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 characters that are uh, bad at the way that they were brought up in the 
the, the rules or code of conduct or whatever, and they want to walk away from everything that is true and make you question everything. And, and then we have those others that, that uh, stand in the pulpit and they act like a rock star and they act like they're, they're Jason Aldean with all of their smoke and, their, and, and, and the, the, uh, the, the music and everything else and, 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 and his music as a as he, as he glorifies hell are the same things that those men are doing too, just in a different way. With spacious words and oh how careful we need to be. But here Paul was one that was real. Paul was somebody that they knew and they could see him come in and they watched him give his life to them and invest his life in them and preach the word of God to them and help them in their, in their walk every day. And, and, and preachers today are, are competing with these characters on the internet and they know nothing about their lifestyle. They know nothing about who they are. They do not invest any time in their lives whatsoever. Somebody watches some character like Steve Furtick on TV, and why don't you just call him and ask him to do your funeral? See how that works out. I know I'm kind of ornery today. Sorry, but you know there... There's just a lot of people in, that I deal with. This, this struggle is real. And, and there is such a battle for the minds of our people and for the minds of our children today. And it is wicked and it is hellbound. And oh, how careful. I mean, we can, we can think it's not going to happen to us. And then it does. And then it does, and you wonder, what in the world am I going to do? Or what in the world is going on? And, and it causes you to question so many things. And, and, and uh, we, we, need to, we need to realize that the devil is real and, and that he wants your life. And if he can't have your soul, he wants to destroy everything about you. And you know Christ is your Savior. He's going to go after you, and, and he's going to cause problems in your life. And, and if he can't get you, then he's going to go after your spouse. If he can't get your spouse, then he's going to try after your kids. And, and I'm telling you, that battle is real. And you can think that I'm just some paranoia standing up here, but day after day, and you hear of families that go through issues, and, and I'm telling you, the battle is very real. And it's devastating what happens in families that, that choose to follow these deceiving words and, and these characters that are beguiling you and leading you down a path that's not real. And, how, and, and what do you, so, so how do you know that I'm real? Well, just stay together and find out. If I'm a fake, it'll be brought out, and you'll know that. And, and, and if the Bible is not true, it'll be brought out and shown. But I'm telling you, the longer you're with it, you're going to find out that I mess up just as bad as you do, okay? But I still love you, and hopefully you still love me. But God's Word is always true, and it'll always be true. 
But, you know, together we can sit down, we can work through issues. You can't work out issues with these guys that they're going to slick talk you and, and worm their way around things. And, oh, how we be, better be careful with this. And, and Paul was saying, look, I'm with you. Even though I'm not with you physically, I'm with you in spirit. And, and I am joying, I am rejoicing in who you are. And I'm rejoicing in, in beholding your order. The, the order that you have in a church family where you are standing for the truth and you're preaching the word of God and, and you're helping one another to get where they need to be and, and, and you're being the kind of people that, that God wants you to be. And he says, I rejoice in those things and, oh, that is what we ought to do. And, and so much of this other junk that is out there brings such a, 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 an arrogance and a prideful attitude and, and a, a help yourself attitude and or just be who you are and never let anything challenge you or, or, or encourage you to be different. And, and there's no order in their thoughts or order in, their, in the services. And God said in 1 Corinthians also 14.33, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. And then he says in, in uh, 14.40, Let all things be done decently and in order. And so we see that the, the, those that are in the world will try to cause chaos and try to cause all kinds of things to be questioned in your mind. And then what is the last thing that Paul says here? He says, For though I be absent in the flesh, yet am I with you in the Spirit, joying and beholding your order in the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. It's always about Jesus. It's about a relationship that we have with a man who is God. It's not about religious order. It's not about all of the traditions that we like to teach. And it's not about the ruts of the, uh, of the daily life that, that get us through. But I'm telling you, it's about having a relationship with a real person, and his name is Jesus Christ. And he's God himself, and, and he went to that cross, and he died on that cross for you personally. And he ascended and he, he rose from the dead and he ascended into heaven. And by making that choice to place your faith in that one who did all of that, and you, you give him everything, you just trust him totally with that he will do what he says he will do. And, and you come to him with that repentant heart and you come to him with that humble spirit and you ask him to be your savior and save you, he will save you. Because he's God. He's also man. And he wants us to have that relationship with him. And, and when we trust him as our Savior, then he gives us the down, that, that deposit of the Holy Spirit who will be with us and, and one day escort us into heaven. What a joy that is. And until then, he gives you wisdom. He gives you direction. He brings conviction into your heart. He shows you what's right. He shows you what's wrong. He helps you to have discernment to understand that what someone is saying is right or what they're saying is wrong. And you know the best way to figure that out is just stay in the Word. You, we don't, you, you see sometimes I have people come to me, Pastor, I just have such a hard time understanding the Word of God. You, you know what I'm going to tell you? Don't be offended by this. You're just not giving the Holy Spirit enough credit. If you know Christ is your Savior, 
The Holy Spirit will take his word and he will teach you today exactly what you need for today. And as you go every day and you trust that the Holy Spirit will help you and guide you and pray that before you read the word of God, Lord, open something up to me today that I can understand and use this in my life. He will guide you and direct you into all truth. You have the same Holy Spirit I have. And so you continue to grow. And he continues to show you if you listen to something and and you're listening to a podcast or something, all of a sudden that hair on your neck kind of goes up or your ears like, whoop, what did he just say? Maybe I'll listen to what the Holy Spirit's telling you. And then, you probably never get a hold of that person, but you can sure call me. I'll listen to it with you. We'll discuss what the Bible has to say. Just see what it has to say and how can we use it in our lives. But oh, how we see there is such a battle. There's such a battle for our minds. And I guess I can't even go any further because if I do, i got to go a long ways. But I guess the thing that I want to tell you today that we can take from this today is the importance of your local church and the importance of being a part of a family that you know is sincere and that they love you and that we love the Word of God and that we want to know what the Word of God says. And we just want to do what the Word of God says and and we're going to do that and we're going to use that in our lives and, and we're going to help each other to understand that and walk in the way that we ought to and and and... We just stop listening to all these voices that are trying to drag us down. You know, I, I just, it is constantly, constantly bombarding us today in the way that we ought to think, in the things that we ought to do, the things as a church that we ought not to do. You know what? Let's just do what the scriptures tell us to do. Let's love the Lord. Let's follow Jesus. Let's love people and tell them about Jesus. Let's love each other and make things work among, among us and let us pray for one another. When we see something that is evil or something that is not right, we point it out. We stand for what's right. We stand for what's righteous. And as Paul told the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the works of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. It will be worth it all. But let us pay attention. Let us know that the fight is real. Let us know that there is such a battle for the mind, and we need to keep our minds right where they need to be right in the center of God's will, right in the midst of God's word, and let us walk according to the word of God, and let us be faithful to the end. So I ask, and I end with these questions, is there, what, what's going on in your mind? What's happening in your mind right now? Where are you at right now? What are you thinking about? What's got your attention today? 
I would hope that it's God. I would hope that we're listening to what he would have us to do. And maybe he's pointing out some things in your life as a believer. And there's that gnawing little feeling or that gnawing little voice that's going off in your head. And pointing something out in your life that either you ought to be doing or maybe it's something you ought not to be doing. And, and you need to get rid of that or you need to add this. Or, or, and you know exactly what it is that God's doing in your life right now. And, and so submit to that and do those things as a believer and, and be what God wants you to be. And, and take those thoughts that, that, that are dominating your mind and your, and, and your family and nail them on the cross and walk away and leave them there. Maybe there's so much noise that you start looking at your life and maybe you pray the, just pray and ask the Lord, Lord, search my heart. Maybe you pray that and God's showing you that in your heart you know that you have never truly sought out Christ for forgiveness. And you need to call on him to be your savior. He will save you. Don't walk in your pride and your arrogance. Don't, don't walk in your unbelief. Don't, don't walk in thinking that this world truly cares about you. Don't walk and think that you can do things on your own and that it's going to be okay. God's the one that created you. God's the one that gave you the conscience that, that you have to know what's right and what's wrong and to know by just looking in nature and seeing and knowing and understanding that there's a God. And you're here today for a reason because we want you to know that your path to God is through the man Jesus Christ, who is God, who died on that cross to give you salvation, taking the wrath of God and then showing us that he's God himself and raised from the dead, ascended into heaven to give you eternal life. Pretty simple. With that repentant and humble heart, you pray and ask Christ to be your Savior. He'll make you a new creature. He'll give you the Holy Spirit. And then we can live and we can do battle with what is trying to take over our minds. And we'll see God get the victory. Let's follow him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for the truth of it. And Lord, I thank you that you, you say so much in your word about the mind. You know the power of the mind. You know the battle of the mind that's taken place. You know Satan trying to overtake that. And, and if he can't have our soul, then he'll just try to destroy our life, and so much of that is just through what we're thinking. Father, help us not to listen to the sounds of the world and the voices of the world, but to listen to the still, small voice of the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray that you will take your word, and I pray that people will apply it today. And Father, I thank you for our church family. And I pray that you help all of us, to the best of our knowledge and ability, to stand for the truth. And we'll be sincere and transparent with you and with others. And Father, you will be honored and glorified in all that takes place today. Lord, we love you. We ask your blessings on this service, on your word, on the preaching, in Jesus' name. I do want to give you that opportunity this morning.
Gonna sing just one verse of 496, I Surrender All. Perfect song, isn't it? Perfect hymn that we can sing and tell the Lord that we have surrendered all. And I pray that you have. And if you haven't, then, well, now's the time. Get it right with God. If you want to know more about salvation, you come and we'll have someone sit down with you and show you in the scripture or take you quietly where you won't be distracted and answer any questions you might have. Whatever needs to be done, let's make sure that when we walk out of here today that our hearts are right with God. Let's all stand as we sing, I surrender all. Invitation never closed after the service. Be happy to help in any way that I can. Catch uh, uh, Thane or Wes or one of our uh, ushers if you need help. And happy to help you in any way that we can. And uh, your hearts have been challenged. What a blessing it has been to have West Coast with us today. So why don't you guys have a seat? We will let them sing one more time. We'll take up an offering, guys. If we could get the Get the plates here and, and get ready to do that. And, and uh, while they're singing, we will take up an offering to help out West Coast Baptist College. And it's a joy to have them and, and a blessing to see uh, every one of you out today. And uh, pray that God continues to guide and bless.